I'm Raki and this is the My Small Business Life podcast. Every week we talk to small businesses from a diverse range of backgrounds to understand what it's really like to be your own boss. From startups to scale-ups, if you work in a small business or are thinking of starting one, we will be sharing our insights and advice about the realities of working for yourself. Rose Hill is an award-winning graphic artist, famous for her pop art creations, including her stunning mural work and the Make Your Pet Famous range. Oh, and there's a bit of swearing in this one. Hello, Rose. Hey, how are you? I'm good. It's lovely to see your face in lockdown after a very long time. It's so lovely to see you and to actually speak to you as well. It's been ages, so it's so nice. So we've had several months of a unique and bizarre 2020. How have things been for you? So I might be one of these unusual people that actually has said that I've really enjoyed it. Like I've really enjoyed having the space and the slower pace of life. Because anyone that knows me, I literally am out all the time. I'm meeting people all the time. If it's for work, if it's for networking, it's for social, for everything with my daughter, with my husband, all my friends and my families. And I've always got so many, like you try and lock me down. I have got like a diary that is jam-packed and I have to sometimes like meet people in a few months time so it's been so nice to be able to just be you know and not have all of these plans like all the time and all of these commitments and all of these things that I'm always doing and rushing around to so with the extra time that you've had on your hands where you're not running around how have you used that time so I've been really using it well actually I would say in the sense that I've been doing lots of things to make the community and make everyone happy and spread some joy which has been really really important to me and I just think for everyone so I think artworks can change the world and looking at beautiful things can make you happy and give you joy and also being grateful is like really important so what I've been doing throughout is I've been really thanking all our key workers my husband's one of those and just all of the key workers so that's your postman your frontline workers your NHS but everyone and I wanted to express my gratitude in the way that I knew how so I created a load of artworks and I've made these artworks accessible for everyone as well so they come in like a colour version and a colouring version so all the kids or big kids adults anyone who wants to colour in can and it also expresses so there's special signs that say thank you to our postmen and couriers to the binmen and or bin women and the caretakers and anyone that's like looking after any of us so there's signs that you can color in yourself or having color that you can stick on the door i've also done like step-by-step mural painting so i was thinking lots of people are going to be doing lots of diy and having more time at home so i painted a mural in my daughter's room and i did a time lapse and wrote clear step-by-step instructions to what you need to do it how to do it and it's just yeah just a really special way of just spreading some joy really well it did spread joy because i was very lucky to receive some of the emails that you sent 
with these really beautiful illustrations and yeah for, for people to get rose hill art just emailed to them <laughs> for free it is a very joyous lovely thing and i think i did message you back to say that but if people want to find them can they go onto the website or something and download them yeah they can i actually also did a music video with sloth so they did the music and i did a video and we were raising money for the nhs and like sister companies and and people so actually if you wanted to donate some money towards them then you can get all of the artworks for free I mean, if you can't afford it, you can still get the artworks because that's the point of it. So I really wanted to like spread some love. So yeah, you can definitely see it on my website. You can email me at rose at rosehilldesigns.co.uk and I can send them to you. Because I also did, when it was at the beginning of the lockdown, was some stay home prints. So then people would be encouraged to stay home and put them in their windows and then also colouring in versions as well. But hopefully we don't need that as much. I mean, obviously we do need to stay in as much as possible, but that's eased off a bit now. I think it's still relevant, to be honest. Yeah, it is. Like, I, I, yeah, personally, I haven't been going out that much. Like, I haven't been to a bar or a restaurant. And I actually haven't drunk a drop of alcohol since Friday the 13th of March, which is very unlike myself. <laughs> Was, there, was that a conscious decision then or did it just end up happening as a result of lockdown? Well, I, I don't drink at home. I'm a social drinker. So when I go out, I do love a drink. But when I'm at home, I've never really drunk unless I have a party. So I just didn't. And then when I've started to be able to go to parks and stuff, I've just been like, oh, it's actually been nice to not. And now I've done 21 weeks where I haven't had a drink. I'm kind of like intrigued to at least go 26 weeks maybe more so when I had my when I was pregnant with my daughter I didn't drink the entire time and when I was breastfed so I had a whole year then but it's really interesting and nice to be able to do it just off my own back and now I've started doing I'm not really sure when I'll drink again and this is kind of an interesting side effect from it like it's yeah it's just something quite interesting that there's so many opportunities and so many different things that come out of this. And I think what's really important is if we can look at all the good things that come out of it, because it's really easy to dwell and go down into a little spiral. But actually, what are the gifts we've been given from this? Like, I can name loads. Like, I've spent more time, like, quality and face-to-face -face time with my daughter and my husband. My husband's been out working the entire time. So in that way, it's not different. But like on the weekends with my daughter, like when I would meet friends, of course, I would be with her and my friend. So then you would be splitting your time. Whereas because we didn't meet anybody, we had that 100% time. It was amazing just being able to actually have all of that time together. So that is a gift in itself. I guess... I am in a situation, perhaps you are as well, where obviously money is a concern for us because we work for ourselves, but I wasn't in danger of losing my home, thankfully. I think in those situations, you have to look at the positives coming out of it so you get through in a mentally stable and healthy way. And these are times for all of us to think about how we want the future to be now. We don't often get this much downtime and this much time thinking. 
about how we want our future to be. So I think your attitude is absolutely spot on. That's what we need to do. Definitely. And it's just so, and of course, like I'm not going to lie and say that I haven't had down days and I had a couple of extra layers of things that were going on at the same time as well, which has made it harder, but then also does definitely I've just got a fighting spirit as a person always and I think it's really important to see what positive things that we can get out of any situation and it's any time what are we learning like because we're learning through that's basically what our whole life is about is what we're learning what are we learning from every single situation and this is a massive learning like curve for people. And I, I feel weird saying this, but I actually genuinely feel a bit grateful to be able to have, this is like a astonishing time. The Spanish flu was the last time that this kind of thing happened, which was a hundred years ago. So this is something in our lifetime that we can experience. And when we get out the other side, and one of the loveliest things, I saw a quote, like a little meme that said, after the 20s, after the depression and everything, then there was so much creativity. After the 50s and the war and stuff, then there was so much creativity. And all of these things has been like more joyous and better times. So we've literally just got to get through it. And then we're going to have some, another roaring 20s ahead of us. Yeah, I hope so. And also when you are coming out of difficult periods in society, you're right, the creativity does really flourish. And also people will be having great ideas for things because they've got more time to think about stuff. But also societal change happens often in a very positive way. So who knows, maybe we'll look after our planet and each other a bit more. Definitely. Because at the beginning of lockdown, the emissions were so low and all of like, there was no planes in the sky. And it was just amazing, like how much it was maybe a good respite for the planet. The only thing that's been a bit sad is when you see all the masks and the plastic gloves all over the floors nowadays. And you notice that it's maybe education for humans that need to be mindful of all this stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. I think on an individual level, all we can do is look after what's within our remit. And I think as individuals, you can make an overall quite big impact. So great. It sounds like you've had a very, almost quite spiritual time in lockdown. Yeah, actually I have. It feels a bit like that. And I've also been doing some in my hallway, which has been really exciting as well. Normally it would take me much quicker to do, but because it's bit by bit in my house, I'm doing it over a longer period of time. But it's been quite fun because my daughter, when she comes home from nursery, is like, what bit have you done now, mummy? So that's really exciting. And then there's been admin days where I've not been able to do any, which has been sad. So then I'm like, oh, unfortunately I had to be on the computer all day today. But it's really nice having that conversation with my daughter to go, oh, what bit's done now? Because every day I was sort of saying, oh, what bit's done to like test her memory and all of that kind of stuff. So it was really good. So it's another layer of it being like something beautiful in our home, something lovely in my portfolio, but also a bonding experience with my daughter as well and testing her memory, which is great for her learning. So did she sharing any aptitude for art at her young? How old is she now? She's just turned four, literally 
a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. I wonder what she'll be. And I have no prerequisites because she's leaving nursery and she's going to start school in September. And they normally do a graduation thing. I had a picture of her in a graduation hat, which was so cute. And it asked, what is she going to be when she's older? And she said, a police officer, which I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I wonder why. But then she was like talking about like fire engines and ambulances. So I think maybe she wants to be in the rescue service. Yeah, I wonder. But obviously she's four. So I would imagine she has plenty of time to like decide. Yeah, I'm sure it'll change every year now. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully she'll try everything out so then she can do what she wants to do. The only thing I feel a little bit bad saying this, but I remember before in nursery, she really liked like the home corner and like doing stuff in like the home corner. And I was like, oh, I don't want her to just be a housewife. And I thought, oh, no, that's my issue. She wants to be. Of course she can be. But all the lessons that I'm learning, I um, part onto Summer. So when she was like a baby, I was reading her like business books in bed before she, now she doesn't like business books, but when she was like a proper baby and all she wanted was the, the sound of my voice, I was literally reading her like Simon Sinek, starting with why and stuff like that. And I just feel like I've learned all of these most amazing things. So in my mind, I think, oh, it'd be a waste if she just wanted to be a housewife. But then obviously she, that if she wanted to be that, then that's her dream. And that's what I'd want her to be is happy. If sometimes she's a little bit like chats back a bit, I'm sometimes like, glad because I think, well, good for you standing up for yourself. Uh, but at the same time, obviously, you just want her to get dressed to go to nursery or something. <laughs> so it's that kind of mind battle of interestingness, I think. So I'm really intrigued to know what she is going to be. Yeah, well, like you, I think it's good for them to have their own voice at a young age. Oh. And I often say that to my friends who've got young daughters who express themselves I say look we're trying to build confident girls and women here so this is a positive thing and I think the benefits of having a mum like you and also the generation of women that came before us that cleared the way for us to have all these choices means if you want to stay at home and just look after your children that is your valid choice but it's not the only thing yes you have on the plate now you have all these other options as well so yeah I'm with you on that one we are so lucky now like with all the choices that we have and all of the things that we get to do and it's so exciting just to think about everything that we are allowed and that we can do and all of those glass ceilings that we can break because there still needs to be more that are broken but we have that option now you know we can and that's so exciting yeah, I mean, we still have to make a bit of a fuss sometimes, but there's more chances of getting hurt these days, I think. Definitely. And the thing is, I think it's all mindset. Like, I would 100% say that I am a feminist if I had to categorise. But in, my, in the way that I say that is that we can do, and I believe that we can do anything that we want to do. We might have to work harder for it. But sometimes that can be a good thing. Like I'm dyslexic. So I had to work harder just to be the same as everyone else in my level of like reading and writing and stuff. So I was like, fuck being the same as everyone else. Sorry, I'm swan. No, no, fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I, 
fuck being the same as everyone else. I want to be not better, but I want to be better than average. I want to do more. And that gave me that spirit of fighting. So in a way, I think that's good for us. So I can see that as the positive. If we have to fight a little bit harder to get it, then actually all those skills and all that grit that we get along the way will make us so much better. So maybe it doesn't matter that we have to fight harder for it, you know? Maybe not. Some very beautiful and inspiring things have come from adversity, haven't they? So Exactly, exactly. So talk to me a bit about when you first discovered that you had this ability to be creative and what's been your journey to becoming your own boss? So it's a really, uh, it's a fantastic journey and I'm only at the start of it. So I'm excited to see where it goes. But I started, I went to Chelsea and I did textile design. I got a first from there. Before that, I did an art foundation at Camberwell. At my degree show, my first ever commission was for Kay and Charles Saatchi um, to make their daughter a dress. So they came around our exhibition and left. It was brilliant because all my cards had been taken. So they left a note in my book, which I'm so glad because I reckon if they had got the card they may have not had time to call me because I remember I had to call a few times before we got our proper date of like a meeting because they were on holiday here they were doing this they were out and about but yeah so that was really exciting literally for my first ever exhibition I got that commission and at the beginning I was doing my own business so I did a dress for Charles Saatchi's daughter then I did an, a waistcoat for Amanda Reliash's son I then did um, a logo for Charlie Allen, who's a tailor. He designed the England World Cup kit in 2010. And then he was so impressed. Because I remember I went to a meeting and he said beforehand, he was like, the person that introduced us, he was like to him, I'm just meeting her because I want to give her some like chance in this world. But I don't think I'm going to get anything because I don't need anything, blah, blah, blah. And then he was so impressed with me that he got me to design the logo and then I worked with him for like a year and doing lots of different design work so I did the marketing and just all different creative things for him and then I but it was so funny because at that time even though I was doing all these amazing things I was like oh, I've got to get a real job because in those days which I know I feel like I'm old now which maybe I am a bit but like society told us that we needed to get a proper job like we needed to we could do our own thing, but not like we can now, like little, like 17 year olds can do their own thing or 14 year olds now. But whereas in that time, it was much more seen as like, we need to get a proper job. So while I was doing all of that, which was definitely a proper job, I was like, I've got to get a real job. I've got to get a real job. And I got my first real job with Woolworths and I did girls wear and print design for them. And I'm so glad that I did that because I got to learn commercial stuff and how to do specs like for factories in a commercial way and all of these different skills. But I wish that I had the innate to know that I was doing what I was meant to be doing. But it was still really good that I did that because after I did that, I went and lived in Australia for two years and designed print for women's wear. I had quite a few different jobs. I was doing probably three or four people's jobs at the time. And then when I came back home, I decided that I wanted to try interiors. So I was working for interior designers, but I was also working for a print designer on the side. So I worked for a print designer. 
And basically, for the first kind of 10 years or maybe a bit less, so like seven or eight years, I was experimenting and working in women's wear, children's wear, print design, interior design. Everything was creative. But it was just really great because then I was working in the commercial world, but obviously I was working in the art world and I was doing commissions on the side as well for myself, uh, well, for people. And then in 2013, I knew that I wanted to do something big and I didn't want to work for anyone. I loved working for people and I love working for commissions and working for people in that way. But to work for somebody under somebody is not really natural to me for the whole time and I knew that I wanted to do something big so in 2013 I was thinking about doing a PhD at Royal College of Art and I was also thinking about having a baby and I was also thinking about starting my business so I sort of started doing all of them I applied and actually would have got into the Royal College of Art which was amazing I was starting to try to have a baby but not in a any sort of proper way maybe and then I was like looking into starting my own business and that one felt the best to me so I could have got in to do my PhD but I was like no that's not what I wanted to do and I just knew it was something big and I got into the top drawer they have a new bit by Charlotte Abraham and she is a journalist and she hand picks cherry picks people to be in the spotlight and then you can like have a cheaper stand and it's really great because everyone comes to you and just a note I was cherry picked but I made sure that I was available to be seen to be cherry picked so I found out all the details and I sent her my work so she did pick me but like sometimes you have to make these things happen so like if she had seen me maybe she would have emailed me anyway but I didn't know if she was going to see me and I was working in a commercial way which is under other people's brands not my own so I purposely sent in my stuff and then she said yes and I was thrilled and then I had to do a whole collection within a few months because I hadn't had a collection and I was an artist at that point I was doing exhibitions and I was like, oh, um, go to trade shows. I don't think you can just buy art at trade shows. So I decided to do greeting cards. And I did a whole collection of greeting cards and stationery. And it was amazing. And it was the most thrilling thing. I met Harrods. I got commissioned from Harrods. And the great thing was, is they saw that I didn't just do what I was showing and they commissioned me separately to do a print design for them under their name and accessory designs. So I've done basically every sort of creative different industry. And that's what's so great about us in the creative industry. We can do whatever we like and it, you can, if you've got a creative mind, you can just do it. So then I got into the, the, like the rat race of trade shows where I was doing sort of three to four, for each year which means you've got to do the designs the prep and sort out the follow-up after so it can take up a lot of time and at that point is when I did want to do the murals but I didn't have the chance because my cards were doing so well which was amazing and it's so great but once I had summer and I had been in all the places that I wanted to be with the cards like I was selling to Oliver Bonus, Scribbler, um, across in Japan, 
Australia, like literally pretty much every country and every place that I wanted to sell it. And I just thought, actually, is this all I want to be as a card designer? And actually, it wasn't the cards that was important to me. It was the artwork that went on the cards and the Make Your Pet Famouses. So it was a range that was organic and started from my first trade show but without me kind of knowing it in a way. So I had designs and I had one less design. So I had 11 designs and I needed 12 and someone commissioned me to do a pet of theirs. And I said, oh, can I put it into my next card range? And they were like, yeah, definitely. And I was like, we can make Lola famous. And then when I was at the next trade show, so my second trade show, I told a customer who's now my best customer ever. She's been on the journey with me from the beginning she was like oh I want to get my dog on the card and that's how make your pet famous was born so it was through the trade shows and I was getting odd ones here and there or like maybe a few each trade show but actually I was like this is the most important thing so I started instead of doing other people's shows was created my own shows and did the make your pet famous range which then had the murals to back all the artworks and it was a mixture of everything that I had done so it's really nice so it's almost like come full circle in the sense of doing interiors again with the murals and then artworks and stuff so yeah. So it's really been quite a journey and obviously there will be lots of young potential Rose Hills out there who are at an art college somewhere at the moment and hoping for their break. How did you know to navigate through all these things? Did you come from a family of artists? Did you have a network of people around you? Do institutions like Chelsea give you the support? How how did you know what to do and where to go? So that's really interesting. That's really interesting questions. And actually, you just figure it all out is the ultimate answer. But I, I did come from a creative family but they were creative in different ways. So my mum and my dad, my mum actually went to Camberwell and my brother went to Camberwell before I did many moons before and they were creative, but I had to make all of my contacts myself. The good thing I had is I've always had a love of people and to meet people. And when I was working in Next, I used to get people's email addresses and details and contact numbers. Even then, because I'd be like, oh, they are interesting. They might know something that I don't know, or they might be able to, we might be able to do something together. So I haven't come from a rich, connected family at all. But what I have come from is a family that have loved me and always been my biggest cheerleader and allowed me to do whatever I wanted to do and gave me a a good work ethic. And those are the most important things, I think. Like, you can make your own connections. You can make your own connections anywhere. Like, I have made connections in standing in the line in a supermarket, to just been out in the park with my daughter you can make connections anywhere so and you can look up like we are so lucky nowadays you've got like instagram you've got linkedin you've got all of these places so in a way we've got too many choices so you have to pick what you want at that time and go for it and then see if that's the thing that you really want you need to try things 
Like I tried, I've always loved print design, so that's always been really important. But I tried girls' wear and women's wear and interiors and all of the different sort of elements. And I tried it and did it and then see if it's what I want to do. So what's the most important thing for you? And that's different for all of us. So for me, it's my artistic freedom. That is the most important thing for me. So that is way more important to me than money. Because if I wanted to make loads of money, I could just work as a designer for someone and worked my way up. Or I could have, and then I would have got the steady money. Or I could do the commercial things I know will sell. But that's not, for me, that's not what I want to do. So everyone has to make their own path. And like success leaves clues as well. See someone that you think is amazing. Look at what they're doing. And you can replicate it and see what bits work for you, what bits don't work for you. It's all trial and error. We're basically, we're like recipes. These, all of these different things that we get taught are all ingredients. And it's how you put them together that makes it. So it will make it that best chocolate fudge cake or whatever the thing you want to make. And it's, all of these different things we've got so many tools we're so lucky like we're so lucky that we've got google we've got youtube you can look up anything how to do anything on these for free there are really amazing people that you pay the courses for as well so we're so lucky in the amount of knowledge and um experience that is out there that all you need to do is decide what you want to do and what's important to you and don't let anyone else tell you what is success or what is not success. It's your innate feeling and whether you're happy and you're feeling joyful. Like if I'm really lucky because my mum and dad never um, pressured me to do anything. Like my dad actually said that we all rebelled and got degrees because my mum and dad they were hippies. So like we're so fortunate that we, and especially like if you live in a Western country where you're not, expected to do everything i mean there are some society things that you are meant to be doing certain things at a certain age but fuck it who gives a shit about what people or society think like we have one life and it's so important to just do what you've got to do as long as you're not harming anyone else so just you need to just try things and you could go to like the british library they've got amazing resources there is so much wisdom in what you've just said that will be so useful for people and also just give people that push to take the risk and follow their heart. It's funny you say you rebelled to get a degree. I did as well because a lot of Asian women of my generation were not expected to be very highly educated and I guess we were being geared up to be married. So in a way I rebelled and got a degree as well. But I think having that family support that you've had, it's just you know giving you that push to follow your heart and your dream which is absolutely incredible so i think everything you've said there about being inquisitive and just staying in touch with people actually those are the things that make a business successful if you're lucky enough to have a rich parent that's got loads of connections amazing but that might not always be so lucky because actually like to be able to fight for these things and fight for these connections, there might be so much more rewarding, but also use whatever you have available to you. So like the whole, I don't want to get too political, but like the whole Black Lives Matter is really important. And I, I was 
really quite upset with the whole of of it and I was really saddened for a lot of the things of how people are treated and how people are overlooked for things but in our society everyone has different things that are, are considered a strength and a weakness for getting something so I'm really fortunate that I am white that I don't have to think about the color of my skin and I don't also like religious wise I don't have to worry about those stereotypes which I'm really grateful for and amazed but I do have other issues that I need to think like being a woman I have to fight harder because of that from my social background like I didn't come from like a a rich family and people but for me I see those different, those adversities as strengths. I see them as ways for me to go further and do more and get more from my life. So I'm really fortunate I haven't had other adversities. And, but I would just be, I would love to say for people to use those adversities to their advantage, use everything that you have disposable for you to your advantage because we all have different things like we're able I'm able-bodied so that's a massive advantage like I'm fairly young still so I think that's advantage like I would say that I'm not ugly so that's been an advantage because that's (laughs) also those kind of things so I'm going to use everything that I have got in my toolbox that I can use to do and get better so I think it's that thing of using all of those things and not dwelling on things that I don't have which I there are many things that I don't have but it's not about those things it's about the things I do have and all of us have different things yeah it's so important you can't run a business or even have a successful career I think working for somebody else without the right mindset mindset is key and there are genuine obstacles and blocks for people of color that they simply cannot overcome just with a positive attitude i get that 100 percent. but i think there is something about not having a scarcity mindset and really looking to see as exactly as you say what you can focus on to propel you forward i mean when you're watching biopics of famous people that have made it the adversity story, the overcoming obstacle story is going to be more interesting than the here's your three million quid, go start a business doesn't really make for exciting filmmaking or anything. So no, and we're so lucky in the time that we live, like in 2020, apart from obviously the pandemic and all of that malarkey, the time that we live, we've it's never been so good for women. We've never been so lucky in all of the education that we can have like obviously I think the women of colour have the hardest but we are lucky that we are not in a time where like in the 50s and you weren't allowed to go to school you know you weren't allowed to go you weren't allowed to get an education there is a huge amount of way to go for sure but we are way ahead of where we were which is great as well And it is, and you're right, like mindset is so important, but we will always have obstacles and there are lots of different obstacles for everyone to overcome. Everyone will have an obstacle at some point in their business and in their life. 
and it's how we overcome them is how we will get further and that's really important in a business like grit is probably one of the most important like like trait to have is hearing those no's and hearing all of those people that don't think you can do it and hearing all those different ways of not being able to do it and working out how to do it as Einstein again wasn't it he like took 10,000 times and he was like oh I just learned 9,999 ways not to do it well Rose that's a really fantastic thing to wrap up on a very inspiring conversation today so I thank you so much for your time and I'm absolutely sure that this conversation is going to be beyond helpful for people in terms of where they are on their journey and as soon as we are all allowed to mingle a bit more freely I hope to see you face to face yes please that'd be fantastic you've been listening to the my small business life podcast produced by tigris management for more information visit tigrismanagement.com with special thanks to Gareth Shelton of Pop-Up Painting.